What's up, everybody? Another episode of The Straight Cut coming to you from West End Cigars Inside the Members Lounge. I am Aaron. This is Mark. Steve is out tonight. He has had a big weekend uh, with his family doing a big golf outing, like 84 holes in three days. It's just... That's a lot. So we're giving him a little break. I think he's, he might be traveling still. I'm not sure. He's somewhere between here and Tennessee, I believe. 84 does not divide into 18, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm just going to let you slide on that. Um, and this time you got the card in. I do. I have the card in. This is, uh, yeah. Congratulations. It's, it's been a minute. But we have a guest on the screen that's not Kevin. So we haven't had an actual guest in a while. A guest it's guest. A guest guest. It's been a few months. Um, but we are honored to have Jeff Amadola from Amadola Family Cigar Company uh, on us on the show tonight with us. Yeah. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing good. Doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. So you get to see a little bit of the uh, behind the scene action. You know, we've been talking for about a good 30 minutes just waiting to get started. And then I get to go and I forgot the fucking card in the, <laughs> <laughs> to record everything. So that's how it goes. Well, for the record, it's a good thing. Uh, that it's a good we, thing you said something. We, we, I would not have, would not have seen it. Yeah. Cause so. yeah, we'd have missed all this beautiful, all, all the beautiful, all the beautiful footage. Um, so we are smoking your cigars. Uh, I am starting off with the San Andreas cannoli. Uh, Mark, you are doing the, so, well, I didn't realize you were starting with the San Andreas, and now you're bitching because I smoked the Sumatra. <laughs> yeah, you you're smoking the San Andreas. I'm sorry, I'm smoking the San Andreas, and you're starting. God, off, that looks beautiful. It is. It's 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 great. Uh, you're doing the Sumatra cannoli. It's delicious. And I want to thank um, Cigar Den up in New York. Oh uh, yeah, because Kevin that place got, is amazing. By Kevin the way. Kevin got these for me uh, a couple weeks ago. Sent them my way. Uh, so I appreciate Kevin for all the hard work you've done to make this show even more better than it is. So more better. With, <laughs> without Kevin, this would not be possible. So thank you so much. Yeah. I'm smoking through Cigar Den. Yeah, Kevin hooked it up. Yeah, Kevin yeah. did. He, he is the man. He is, he's our New York correspondent. He's the uh, he he's a Romacraft uh, mm. connection. Uh, so he and, and he's my Viaje connection yeah. late next week. Yeah. So that's uh, and now I have uh, uh, a reason to call him for for these because yeah. the Sumatra is starting off uh, really nice. Yeah, this one uh, we'll get into it. But uh, but Jeff, what are you uh, smoking on your side? Yeah, I'm a, I'm actually smoking the uh, the cannoli red the San Andreas same one you got. Nice. So nice. you just you, you guys are taunting me. <laughs> I have a, I have an, I have some other I have another bag of goodies over here in case we need to break into them. All right. Are you going to put them in the humidor and not smoke them like all the yeah. other ones? <laughs> Maybe. We'll, we'll you see. got you you got some stuff that no one else has. I know. I've Ooh. got I've got some. Yeah, I heard goodies. unreleased, unreleased. <laughs> I heard you guys going through the list. See, but you didn't have yeah. your ears on. You didn't hear who it was with. So then we'll get into that later on. I, yeah, <laughs> that's great. But Jeff, thanks so much for taking time yep. off uh, to to do this. We don't we don't do a lot of um, manufacturers and and owners of cigars itself. Um, but this one, you know, we, yeah. we wanted to 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 break to break it off and and do and do this with you. Um, you know, we're I've been really looking forward to it and reading up on your history and everything like that. Um, but before we get into the history of Amadola cigars, let's get a history of your cigar itself. Um, how long have you been a cigar smoker? All right. Uh, let's see. I'm 38. I've been smoking cigars uh, a long time, actually. <laughs> uh, let's see. 
Wow, I'm older than I thought. Um, I, I would say, you know, I mean, when I was 16, 18, I had cigars here and there. Yeah. Slowly getting into it, but for the past um, solid 15, 16 years, I've been a regular cigar smoker. Okay. Yeah, you and I, we're, we're around the same age. Yeah. I, I turn 38 next month, and I've been, I'm about okay. 20, I guess 22 years or so. Smoking, I bought my first box of cigars yeah. at seventeen. So it's okay. There you go. Yeah, but, you know, and I'll actually be—I'll be thirty-nine this month. Actually, oh, well, there you go. See, I got yeah. shirts as old as you guys, <laughs> and the old man over here just. <laughs> No, I'm joking. <laughs> I throw shirts away that are old. Man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've proven I can live this long. I'm not sure much longer, but um, but uh, I've I've uh, there you go. still. It is you guys have lived through a lot of the cigar industry booms and busts, and so they've seen yeah, a lot of uh, ebbs and flows. Ebbs and flows. Yep. Yeah. Nope. So you, so since you've been smoking for. 15 to 20 years. We'll just round it to that. Do you, do you know yeah. what your first cigar was? Um, yes. Well, yeah, I do actually. My first cigar was, uh, actually made at a factory in the Bronx, New York on Arthur Avenue. It was called La Casa Grande. They're still there. Okay. Making cigars actually. Yeah. I was like 16, 17. And actually I got a handful of cigars that time. Um, the other one I remember around the same day, night, uh, somebody gave me a Fuente cigar, actually. And those are my first real cigar experiences. So it's all, it's all downhill from there after, after your first go around, right? It's all downhill. <laughs> that's, that's a, that's a pretty yeah. good start. I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, you... well, you know, you know what I did though? I, I got these cigars and I, I didn't really know how to care for them or anything yet, yeah. you know? So I had them, I sit them in my drawer for a little bit and I, for, I forget what I was doing. And I'm, I was like, you know what, I'm going I'm to light one of these cigars. It was dry as hell. Yeah. Um, it wasn't great, but I loved everything else about it, you know, like cutting it, the whole, uh, what, what, do you, what do you, like the, uh, what's that called? The whole experience of cutting light. Yeah, the toast, toasting down. it and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know all that. I got really into that. That was like, man, I could do this. You know. So you're you're down all in, downhill from there. You're you're down in North Carolina now, but you're you're from New York City, correct? Yeah, I was born and raised in well Westchester County, New York, which is right outside the Bronx. Okay. And then I spent about ten years in um, Massachusetts, outside of Boston. Okay. Okay. And that's where, and then I I moved I moved down here to North Carolina. Well, definitely an about ten, about ten years ago now. Definitely an improvement of the weather, right? Um, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I I can't I can't go back. <laughs> I can't go back up there. I can never live up there again. I, I love to visit, see my people, my family. Yep. Get some good Italian food, and then I'm about to say. So you 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 <laughs> go from a from a big Italian city to a Irish city to a southern city. So you you're just hitting you you're just getting them yeah. all off the map. It's, Except when I lived in Mass, though, we actually found the Italians, and <laughs> just were, we found, yeah, it was ironic, but we found them. Well, if you if you ever make your way to Arkansas, we have a little, we have a city uh, just on the outskirts of Little Rock called Little Italy, and it was a big, Do you yeah, really? and it was a big. This is where 
you know, uh, just all the uh, Italians immigrated to here back in, I think it was like the 1930s or so, and they all bought a big plot of land. I didn't know you guys had Italians. Oh, yeah, so they have a big Italian festival, and it's up on the top of Y Mountain. Oh, right. it's a it's a It's a great little town. I mean, it's... There's not even a stop sign. It's one road, you're in and out, but it's a beautiful drive, beautiful part of part of right on the outskirts of Little Rock. But they do like uh, they have a, a little winery up there, and they've they've got like a processor for um, for like to, for all the dried meats and stuff like that. And it's a it's a really nice oh, that's town. Awesome. Yeah, so it's uh it's it's pretty it's a pretty cool thing. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> well. There are no Italians in North Carolina. So, uh, <laughs> few, few, few and far between. Yeah. Every now and then you'll find you'll find one. Or two. So you have to go. You, you have to go. <laughs> Complete culture shock. So you have to go to Olive Garden to get to get the food, right? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. No, I cook at home. Hey, yeah. just remember when you're there. I, at home. I don't want when you're there. Your family, though, just remember <laughs> that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Give me the breadsticks and the salad. All yeah. The soup actually isn't uh, is is okay, but the rest you can keep. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, it's hard. It's hard to fuck up like frozen soup. Exactly. No, that's exactly why. <laughs> or frozen breadsticks. <laughs> right. Exactly. Hey, but the dressing, the dressing's on point. I'm not. Nah, I'm dressing. not gonna fuck with no, the dressing. No, 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 I no, do. No. Yeah, the dressing's all right. The salad's pretty. Yeah. You know, yeah. I say. The uh, so I'm originally from Illinois, and so uh, I I learned yeah. Italian food from St. Louis, which is uh, one of the great places. The Hill in St. Louis, mm-hmm. one of the great places to eat Italian. And, um, oh, nice. and, uh, and so that's yeah, where like Yogi Berra is from and a lot of, uh, yeah, yeah. It's just amazing Italian food. Um, and I would argue that Olive Garden salad dressing, is not that great. You like, <laughs> I mean, that, but, but it's I'm not saying it's great, but it's but doable. It will, it'll pass in a pinch. It'll, it'll pass in a pinch. I don't, I, yeah. I, I don't know what Irish, uh, dressing would be. I guess it would be a Guinness poured over some lettuce, some lettuce or <laughs> right. cabbage, it, it, Guinness over cabbage. Yeah. That's an Irish salad. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yep. There you go. Boom. Yep. A couple of potatoes. In yeah. There. Yeah. <laughs> so, so some, let's get some more history, uh, on you and the cigar, uh, before we get into your business and everything. Uh, so one of the connections yeah. that you have, with the owner of our shop is that you're a former detective, just like the owner of our cigar shop was a former detective, got tired of it and opened up a cigar shop in 2014. Um, so let's, let's go a little bit of, of, of the history on you on, on that side of how, I mean, that's a major career change and you kind of have to decide, you know, cigars going from side hustle to primary job. So let's just, uh, you know, what what, right. what entailed of that? Yeah, so um, yeah, I kind of, I moved to North Carolina for a fresh start, really. I mean, I was I was uh, dating a girl from here, you know, and I ended up coming to visit. Anyway, I needed a real job. I wasn't, I didn't go to college. I dropped out. I wasn't like a, I couldn't do it. I was always had to be hands-on. Um, doing stuff, making money, hustling yeah. that way. And um, I was like, well, what can I really do that uh, I, I need to make a living? Um, I have no money. <laughs> you know, I need <laughs> health insurance. So I, I took this career placement test kind of for fun, but uh, it was a real one. And the, the top three choices were entrepreneur, law enforcement, and sales, like based on my 
personality and how I answer the questions. I'm like, hey, that makes a lot of sense. Let me try to become a cop because um, I knew I could. That could be a good foundation. Mm-hmm. So I got hired right away with the Durham City of Durham Police Department here in North Carolina. At the same time, or around the same time, I noticed that there were no cigar. Sh- well, there were a few cigar shops around, but no real cigar culture here. And no one was doing events like like I was used to up north. Like there were always people rolling cigars or uh, the shops always had something going on. So when I was in the police academy, I started doing these little pop-up events and just selling cigars. Um, but through my career as a, a cop, I went from being um, on patrol, on a beat, and then I became a training officer. Uh, I was training recruits out of the academy. Um, I did drug and gang unit for about six months undercover. And then from there, I went to, I became a detective. I wanted to get off the street because, like, the business was starting to develop locally. Um, I learned how to roll cigars during all that time. And I even, before I became a detective, I actually opened up a little cigar factory and cigar shop uh, near Duke University. Um but when I became a detective, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to have my own car, take-home car. Yeah, I could wear, I don't have to wear a uniform per se, just, you know. I, I felt like it would give me more freedom yeah. to do my job and then, you know, get back to the cigar stuff. Um, but towards the end, man, you know, it, it just, uh, I was going through a lot personally, in my uh, personal life. Um, I was going through a separation, divorce. I had two young kids. My daughter was just born. And I was a special victims unit detective working in SVU. And I feel like I got thrown to the wolves a little bit. You know, I'm dealing with, as a new detective, you really shouldn't start in homicide or SVU because of the the stuff you deal with. And it's so, I mean, you never know. You you could be on the news. You know, you might, you know, rape, sexual assaults, homicides, those are the news wants to know, yeah. you know, you got to cross your T's, that's your eyes, whatever. I was in a little bit over my head. It was a lot, a big learning curve. Um, I was in charge of investigating uh, uh, physical and sexual assaults on children mainly and mm-hmm. human trafficking. Yeah. And um, with everything going on in my life, the, that was I felt like was falling apart. The one thing that I had positive was the cigar thing. Yeah. You know, whatever little event business I had, little factory I had, little, that was like the one thing that was stable in my life that I, that was my escape. And I was kind of, I, I think, um, I, I, I also got accused of doing something I didn't do. I was put on admin leave. They were investigating a report. It was really BS. And it, it, put, it left a bad taste in my mouth because I know it wasn't true, right? Mm-hmm. And um, people were making some claims about me uh, double dipping with my business and my job. And long story short, I'm sitting up on, I'm on, they put me in property room for like three weeks. I'm sitting there. I'm like, what am I doing in my life? Yeah. This is not what I signed up for. You know what yeah. I mean? And honestly, I, I kind of, I don't say I hit rock bottom, but everything was just, I was like, I'm done. I, I want to do what I want to do. I want to follow my passion and what I fell in love with and I'm out, you know, and I, I pretty much after that, I cashed in my pension and 
invested into the brand. Yeah, I, I, I say live. Yeah, yeah, I would. I've had. I've been where you were. Um, maybe not as drastic as that. Yeah. Like, I, I've never. I've always used the term instead of hitting rock bottom. It's almost like I've had a moment of clarity. So, like, that too. Yep. You know, it, it's you're you're sitting in the hold cell or the you know the 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 evidence room. Like, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to be doing this. Let's cash out that four hundred one. Yeah, what and, am I doing? Let's, yeah. let's do some. Let's do some work. Yeah. So I can see. You know, for for yeah. for a bunch of people, everybody who comes into these doors at our cigar shop, you know, this is their escape from whatever is outside mm-hmm. those walls. You know, I've always said it. Like, no matter who you are out there, 100%. once you step in these walls, you're cigar smoker first. Everything else is kind of secondary. I mean, you'll have your disagreements, yep. your your bickering, and stuff like that. But the one thing that sure. everybody can surround themselves with is the cigar first. Yep. It's the greatest unifier. Yeah. Right yeah. Like th- this and food and maybe music, like the, the top three echelon uh, I agree. Of, of things that bring people who have nothing in common together with. I agree. 100%. <laughs> well, it's, it's, 100%. So what's, um, you know, one of the questions we ask all our guests um, could be good, could be bad, mm-hmm. could be the cigar, but what is your most memorable experience with a cigar uh there's so many you know we just we were talking about that a little earlier there's so many good and bad um but i think the most memorable for me would be when i was uh let's see i was learning how to roll cigars in ybor city in tampa Mm -hmm. and uh I was, I put, I had no idea what I, what I was doing really. Um, but I remember after a couple tries, when I finally completed a cigar worth smoking, yeah. sitting down and smoking that cigar that I did everything to, I blended it, bunched it, uh, pressed it, wrapped it and smoked it. And I, I was just blown away. You know, I'm not saying it was like the best cigar <laughs> in the world, but just, just that that moment of like, I just did this, you know. I just created something, and I'm gonna make this a thing. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm smoking it right now. That was game changer for me, you know. That was a it was a great experience. Actually, I'll never forget that. So we uh, we had an uh, we had an event a couple months ago at our shop with Martinez. That's up in uh, New York City, and they brought mm-hmm. they brought Christian their roller down here, and so I was able to roll. I did a horrible yeah, job. He's great. You did, it. and I now <laughs> have a newfound respect, and just for all the the labor that goes into one of these cigars, like you wow. will not take that for granted. For anybody out there, if you get a chance to go to an event with a roller, see how it's done, and then mo- sometimes I'll like let people try it as well. If you get a chance to try it, try it because you will you will have a newfound respect for just the intensity that it takes to make something. Even halfway smokable. Mine was absolute garbage. Yeah, like, garbage. Like Christian was just laughing and just like, <laughs> sure. no, 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 like slapping my hand away and stuff. Sure. <laughs> so, but, yeah, was like, get out of here, amateur. Well, Christian <laughs> is uh, is gifted. Like you watch him do it. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's 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 one of the best. He's one of the best. And so I still remember the first time I saw him do it in St. Louis. He was outside the cigar oh, yeah, shop in the wind, yeah. in the thirty mile per hour wind, and he was rolling cigars and he was yeah. doing it while talking to me 
and and Harrow. Yeah. And 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 he so he he's I don't want to say he wasn't paying attention, but he was paying attention to other things and that at the same time. Yeah. And you just go, that's that's just it's that's just a, a machine. Gift. He's a machine. Yeah. I still remember the first time Christian yep. and I sat down at lunch together because we went to some stupid Hooters ripoff place <laughs> and um, it was terrible. Yeah. But him and I and Hero sat there and talked about his dad mm-hmm. who rolled for Fuente. Yeah. And I still remember that 15, 20 minute conversation where he talked about with incredible pride that his dad had rolled for Fuente yeah. and had rolled because my favorite, one of my favorite cigars is the short story. And mm-hmm. he was talking about how the short yeah. story is his dad had rolled that and the great pride that he had shown in that. And you just go to roll cigars, especially odd shaped cigars like that. Yeah. yeah. You just, oh, yeah. it's such a work of art. Mm-hmm. That's really what it is. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's craftsmanship. Oh yeah. 100%. And I, yeah. and I, you know, my hubris got in front of me because I was like, I work with my hands well, all day. I'm shocked. I've, I've, I think I can do this, but if anything, everybody knows that I'm humble first. So, you know, you, just... you are humble. <laughs> yeah. You were sure without playing golf that you would be Tiger Woods the first time you played. <laughs> hey, I went to the driving range today. Yeah, I saw, let me tell you, I'm getting better. You, are you Tiger Woods yet? I'm hitting 250 constant straight. So I'm just saying mm. I'm getting there. I'm, I, I feel like I need a tape Steve measure. is going down by the end of this year. That's okay. If I can break 100. <laughs> <laughs> Steve can break 100. Steve can break 80. Steve can break 80. So. I know. I feel like you're not be- yeah, break beating I Steve. Know, I know. All right. Well, let's talk about the, the meat of this show tonight. Let's talk about Amadola cigars, the cigars itself. So, again, I'm smoking the San Andreas can, uh, Cannoli. <laughs> Mark, you're doing the Sumatra yeah. cannoli. Yep. And then Jeff, you're doing the San Andreas as well. So, uh, so talk yeah. to us about these cigars that we're enjoying tonight. So the um, at first uh, we had only one cigar in the cannoli line, and it, it was the San Andreas. There was the uh, we were making it actually at another factory. Uh, around 2018, 2019. Um, but Chris and I, who Chris is, Chris Monaco is my, my partner. He, I, I mentioned to you, he might try to pop yeah. on tonight if he could get, get away birthday dinner and all that. But, um, we were sitting around one night and, uh, I mean, till four or five in the morning, drinking bourbon and just talking business. And we were smoking our, the old blend. And at that time, it was just called, um, we just called it a San Andre Corona, you know, a Corona Box Press. Um, and uh, we were in the process of moving factories and retouching the blends and finalizing the tobacco for this cigar. And um, at like four in the morning, he was like, Jeff, this tastes like a little, little cannoli. It's like, it's like a little snack before we go to bed. You know, and I was like, you know what? That's a great name for a cigar. He's like, yeah, we should call it the cannoli. And um, it kind of just stuck. The name, the size, we kept the size the same. Um, we, moved the, we moved the blend over to, um, er- with Eric Espinosa and La Zona Factory in Nicaragua. Um, we've discussed the blend, and we've all decided to keep it undisclosed, except obviously the wrappers of San Andre Maduro. And... Um, so the, this is the original, the box press, San Andre, that kicked it off. 
that became a little bit of a hit for like a hot seller for us. Uh, everyone wanted it. All, all our shops we were dealing with at the time, were, they wanted it. Um, it ended up going into Pravada back in 2019 or 2020. Um, that kind of put it in about 10,000 people's hands all over the, the world. Mm-hmm. And then um, we were making Robustos at the time that weren't selling at all. And uh, we, I, I was thinking about it. I'm like, we don't sell. The Robustos were good. I mean, it's, it's not that they were bad cigars. It's just that size for us just wasn't selling. And uh, I was like, let's get rid of Robustos and make more cannolis. And um, we ended up adding on to the line. And, um, you know, we worked with Eric and Hector down there at La Zona and came up with the Connecticut, which is, I'm not a huge Connecticut guy, typically. I love that. I love that little Connecticut Corona cannoli. That, that, that's awesome in the morning with coffee. Yeah. And then um, the Sumatra is funny because I didn't want to do a Sumatra. And Chris and I were talking about the blends and everything. And I, I love when I don't like know what to smoke, I always go for Havana. Like Havano, I love Havanos. Uh, typically, I, I roll mainly with when I do rolling, I, I, I just love working with that leaf. Um, he was like, oh, we already got like two other, three other Havanos. I'm like, yeah. He's like, let's try Sumatra. And for me, Sumatra tobacco is either on point or it lacks in flavor. Yeah. And um, I was like, well, whatever, let's try it. It doesn't hurt to try, right? So we had some, we made some Havanos, we did some Sumatra. And man, when I lit up the Sumatra, I was, I was like, you know what? This is pretty delicious. And uh, so that completed the cannoli line. You know, we dropped our whole Robusto line and just moved it over to Corona size, which I felt like was kind of, I don't say innovative, but rare because there's not a lot or a ton of Corona sizes out there. Um, And it's worked. It's worked really well for us. Yeah. And to me, to me, Corona is the perfect size. I like this size. I I I love Coronas. I agree. And everybody else is going bigger. You know, you know, you walk in the shop and you see all these. 780s, 770s, yeah. And I love this size for a lot of reasons. First of all, I think the flavor in Mm. this size tremendous is tremendous. And I, um, and I agree with you about Sumatra. It's hit and miss. Um, this is this is a hit Hit and miss. And I really like the flavor on this one. And I think it is the size Mm -hmm. because it's a nice, I do too. It's a nice blend. Um, you're, you're it, not being do, uh, bogged down by the, right. the the binder and filler in that. You're just in that. You're letting that wrapper talk to you. That's what yeah. I mean. Yep. You're letting the Sumatra really come yeah. out, and it's not getting overwhelmed with filler and other stuff. And the same the same thing with the San Andreas. Like, I mean, me and Mark, we've talked about this two years ago. Like, we remember when San Andreas tobacco was dog shit. Like, it was not the stuff that you no, wanted. But now, San yeah. Andreas is something <laughs> I look for. I I look for. Uh, you know, I've, if I'm going to a new shop, Everyone's using it. yeah, like I love San Andreas. So I, the, the toothiness of it, the the yep. feel, the texture, the aroma, yeah, I, the flavor, all of it. You almost get some chocolate out exactly. of it, spice, yeah. you know. It's like a flavor bomb for me. I, I love it. But it's it's interesting, too, because another thing that we, we do, and that kind of played a part with the cannoli line, was uh, – we, we started blending to size. Instead of having, like, our core line with Toro, Robusto, Torpedo, you know, like all the same yeah. line, we just decided to make 
one size, one blend per size, if that makes sense. So like our core line is all Toros. We don't, and, that, and that's all they'll ever be is Toro. Okay. We just blend it to the Toro size. That's it. We might maybe do a one-off or, a, you know, we thought about doing some special funky things with that limited, but same with the cannolis. And when we dropped the, that's why we dropped the Robusto because it was like the same as our core line. So then we started another size and we just blend to that size and that's it. Like the cannoli, you won't see the cannoli in any other size unless it's like a one-off. Um, and then same with our signature stuff, the Padrino and the Speciale, that's a blend on its own. Padrino's a Bellicoso, Speciale is a box press Toro. Yeah. That's it. Interesting. You know, I like that. So it, it keeps it unique. Yeah, it, it helps us get into shops because we're not asking for a ton of shelf space. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're a young, young, we're a young brand still. We're still new. Um, so we're like, look, we don't, we have, if you want our core line, we have three faces. We'd love to get our core line in here. Yeah. Or, hey, you, we have cannolis. We have three. Right. You know, uh, you want to start with the cannoli line. It's, it's easy, takes less space, yeah. and people can recognize it better, you know? Yep. Um, and it's worked out. It's worked out well. It kind of sets us apart and, a little bit. I mean, and it has that name that would, that stands out. Yeah. Is, you know. Right. I'm going to remember a cigar named Cannoli. Like it's, yeah, it, it's arguably <laughs> in the top five of desserts. I'd say probably top five. I'd say top five. Okay. I've got top three. For me. Uh, <laughs> I've never really ranked desserts. So I'd, I'll have to think about that. I, I may mean, text you in the middle of the night and I, say it's out. I mean, I, I know I know Jeff can't <laughs> see us, but it looks like we would know how our how our desserts should be ranked. I'm not a dessert guy, <laughs> surprisingly enough. It seems shocking for somebody who's my size, but I'm not really a dessert guy. All right, next week, a little teaser. Top, top five desserts. Top five desserts. <laughs> so there's really only one dessert go. for me. It's there cheesecake and then all others. You're giving away next week's show. What are you doing? Okay. Wow. We, could, we could be well, now anything. Now you got to add in the cannolis. <laughs> I like cannolis. It's not that I don't like cannolis. Cannolis are good. I just am not a dessert guy. Who doesn't like a cannoli? Right. I mean, it's... Well, I'll, I'll argue that we probably, in Arkansas, we haven't had the proper well, cannoli... I, like, I've lived in Chicago. Well, I haven't. Trust I'm, me, there's a huge Italian community well, in Chicago. Well, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. from Kansas City, which has a pretty good <laughs> yeah. Italian community too, but I'm on the Irish side yeah. of the community. So. Well, actually, when Paula and I lived in Springfield, there used to be a guy, a couple, an older couple, that was from Italy, actually went a month every year and would go back home, yeah. and they would make three or four nice. dishes every night, just randomly whatever they made. And they would have desserts, and cannolis was one of those. And you just show up, and sometimes it was eggplant, and sometimes it was lasagna or whatever, and it was like true, authentic stuff, and it was like amazing. It was like like you were back in Chicago. <laughs> I'm getting hungry yeah. over here. So, but it was like, but it wasn't messing around. It wasn't like Olive Garden. Has it has has anybody yeah, come sure. to you? Thank God. Has anybody come to you and said you need a cigar named Leave the Gun? <laughs> no, that's a good idea. All right, I'm just saying. If you, but then, but then, if we do that, we might not sell it because then they'll leave that one there. There are, or it could be like a Nazi more. Like, oh, it says leave it. Leave yeah, it. yeah. That's funny though. All our marketing is is that 
Like, we'll find the clips from The Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> you know, put Clemenza up there. <laughs> or uh, another thing that's been funny we'll do is um, actually kind of happened organically. But we did we do a lot of events in New York, uh, Long Island at South Shore Cigar Club. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did one at Barclay Rex, the oldest tobacconist still around in New York yep. City. Barclay, great spot. But every time we go to South Shore, one of the uh, one of our guys that comes to hang out and support Bill Ragone, he brings a cannoli cannon. So the cannoli <laughs> cannon is a big ass cannoli, like I don't know, like a foot long, six, ten inches high, filled with little cannolis. <laughs> so every time we're there, he brings everyone. You know, we tear that thing apart. It's great. <laughs> and then we went when we went to Bar we went to Barclay Rex the same weekend. They had they brought in from a local bakery trays of cannolis. We were pushing the the cannoli cigar. It was great. <laughs> Everyone loved it. Yeah. Everyone loved it. They thought we were like geniuses. Yep. Yeah. So I I don't know what the Arkansas dessert would I like, be. I like leave the gun. Peach 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 cobbler. What what would Arkansas dessert be? I don't know. Arkansas dessert. I would yeah some sort of cobbler if I had to guess or pecan pie or, or pecan pie. I don't know how to say it down here. I don't know. I'm pecan. Pecan. Yeah. So, it, it, I'm pecan. All the it, way. It'd probably be that. Yeah. No, but these. This is this is a really good cigar, and it you know, and you say it's it, it's by Eric Espinosa. Love his cigars. You know, rolling yeah. his factory. We just had him yeah, at our shop a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Super knowledgeable, and you know, just that's awesome. Just hearing the history of his place, but how also he rolls his cigars. He has a very distinct way of rolling it when he breaks off the tobacco on the inside and just, just doesn't yeah. lay it in there. So he has a certain way and you can, you can definitely tell, you know, in his cigars, I love it. Like I'm a, I'm a full body. Give me all the spice. Give me all the pepper. Just give me all that. And, yep. and I can definitely tell uh, with this. So whenever you're coming up with a new uh, blend, you said, you said you weren't the biggest, uh, Connecticut fan. So when you roll and you come up with a blend, do you kind of hit your palate first or do you try to go for the masses? Uh, it's funny. I, I think Chris and I was just talking about that because people were complaining about our Connecticut's uh, to one of our reps in Texas that they were too strong. And um, I, I don't necessarily uh, – well, yeah, we got to make cigars that we like uh-huh. or that we think. It's really what tobaccos we have to choose from or what we're working with and how it all works together. And then when we smoke them, there's ones that just pop out. And, yeah, it's going to be a reflection of what I like, what Chris is like, what Chris likes. Um, and that probably happens more. I'll, we don't necessarily think that masses, really. It, it's more like, are we going to put our stamp on this? Yeah. Are we approving it? Yeah. Are we going to smoke it every day? Yes. And if you like it, great. If not, great. <laughs> Go find something yeah. else. Go find something else you like, yeah. Um, but apparently our Connecticut cannoli and our cremoso, the cremoso we make at Agonorsa, it's a very strong Connecticut cigar. It's a full of flavor, mm-hmm. though. And I love flavor yeah. more than strength. Yeah. Yep. There's a difference. You know, I, I like full flavors and that just has a ton of flavor even the cannoli even the one uh, we do with Eric it's just it's good and I, I feel like more yeah, it's not boring. I, I feel like more uh, manufacturers are kind of getting uh, Connecticut's that have 
a bolder flavor to it. Um, like the ones that just come off the top of my head they is are. like, like uh, Christoph Connecticut's. It doesn't smoke like a Connecticut. Yeah. Tons of flavor off that. Uh, the porcelain from yeah. Black Label Trading. Yeah. Like tons of flavor oh, yeah. off that one. That's a good one too. Um, mm-hmm. The... Uh, how, Even um, what is Eric? Eric has one. The creme uh, the yeah the la la, la creme, yeah so, la ra- something like that. Uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's got a kind of that's got spice. T- yeah, ton tons Strong. of flavor, tons of flavor off that. Mm-hmm. So let, let's get some history on how you started in in the industry. You already kind of touched on it a little bit, you know, when you're detective work, but now you know full fledged yeah. cigar manufacturer. Where, how long have you been in business and where did it start out? Okay, so um, I officially started in the cigar business in 2011. That was my first LLC. Uh, That was a, I was doing events and learning how to roll cigars around that time. Um, I started mainly just doing pop-ups where I was getting cigars made for me in the Bronx or Martinez. And I would find cigar friendly uh, restaurants and bars in the area and just go post up on the weekend, side hustle type of thing. Um, Then it got to the point where people were hiring me for birthday parties, weddings. And then I said, you know, I really got to learn how to, I I don't want to, I want to make my own cigar. Like, you know, I want to be able to not just set up a table at an event. I want to sit there and roll cigars for the guests. And around 2012 to 14, I started training with um, Odelma Matos, uh, La Farona Cigars in Ybor City. She's still down there. As a, actually, has, she has two shops now. One's a, she turned one of them into a full-blown factory okay. um, with a bunch of rolling. It's awesome down there. Um, but I, I learned how to roll cigars from her. I brought it back to North Carolina. Um, I... I it took me a while to find people that would sell me equipment because back then it, it, it was hard to find. Yeah. Like I couldn't get molds, uh, chavetas, tuck cutters, you know, how you measure. Um, just like the base tobacco, yeah. raw leaf. You know, I was like, everyone I called was like, who are you? You know, who are you? Who do you work for? Uh, yeah, wh- we don't know your family. What, what do you want? Or, you know, we don't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, this is how it's going to go. You know, new kid on the block. I get it. Um, so I, I I called Martinez up in New York. Um, and I got to thank them and shout them out a lot because they really, they helped me in a way get started. Like I got all their hand-me-down molds, uh, the cutters, chavetas. They sh- showed me where to get the cutting boards from. Uh, I ended up finding a connect in... I found a connect with importers of raw leaf tobacco. Um, They were mainly dealing with Oliva, some other growers. And I was able to import um, that here. And then uh, around 2014 is when I actually started a little factory uh, underneath the coffee shop. And my company at the time was Bull City Cigar Company. Uh, Durham, North Carolina is known for uh, that movie, uh, Durham Bulls for the baseball team. And um, the, the city's nicknamed Bull City. So I said, all right, let me, I'm local here. Let me do Bull City. And it was great. I, I actually flew. I moved a cigar roller from the Dominican Republic here to work with me. He was trying to go to New York. 
And um, some of my guys at Martinez were like, hey, call this guy Kiko. He was actually a roller for Fuente. He was a supervisor. Um, like he's trying to come to New York for work, but maybe you can intercept it. And I did. I, I, I flew him in. I showed him what I was doing. Uh, showed him the tobacco I had. And he, you know, he saw the vision and um, basically worked, promised that he, you know, that he would work with me and help me for the next two years. Um, he really taught me blending and things like that. And uh, we were just cranking out cigars. We were only selling our cigars. Opened up a little shop in the backside of the building. And um, it was just in there rolling, you know, all day. Or I, I would bring him there to roll, and then I would go to work my police job and then back and forth, um, that type of thing. And then uh, 2000, let's see, 2017, 16, we kind of grew out of, rolling everything in house because locally the business started to grow. Um, I was getting wholesale accounts, shop was getting busy. Uh, Kiko wanted to move back to New York or back to the DR. And uh, that's where everything started to shift and change with the business model and my plan. And around that time I rebranded from, I, I noticed that as Bull City Cigar Company, I wasn't getting a lot of business outside of Durham. And I think I felt like it was the name because it was too local. Yeah. And um, a close friend of mine was like, hey, man, you, you're Amendola. You started this thing. You know, you've been making cigars here. You should call, change it to your last name, make it personal. And I was like, you know, I thought about it a lot. And um, I was like, you know, that's a good move because I wanted to create a legacy brand, you know, something that doesn't go out of style something that was very authentic and original, what more authentic than me. You know, I put in all the time, the work. And um, when I rebranded to Amendola Family Cigar Company, a lot of doors opened up, <laughs> ironically. Uh, fact, we started to deal with factories, DR and Honduras. Um, shortly after that, I met Chris Monaco. He wanted to, uh, he, he was tinkering on getting into business, wanted to do it right want to find the right business partner. I needed a business partner. I need someone to come in um, fresh, you know, just to kind of see my division and help me take it to the next level. And from 2018 on, that's pretty much what we did, man. He he came in full force, um, handled a lot of the the big sales stuff, um, getting the brand out the brand out there, marketing, uh he just had he just had it, you know. And so since then, we've kind of been on this, you know, I would say slow but steady, yeah. upward thing. You know, we're making some noise, and um, through that time too, we also landed with two, three, almost four major factories that brought us on to do our blends. And I'm extremely blessed for that. I don't even know how that happened, other than having good relationships with people. To be honest. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, That's awesome. So, you know, so on, yeah. on your on your logo, you have a bull on the logo. Is that is that kind of a homage to Bull City, or is that like from your family crest? Yes and no. So this is the Bull City logo, okay. and then I carried it over. But the bull has a couple of different meanings. I mean, obviously, yeah, Bull City, but also in our culture, the Italian culture represents. It's a sign of strength. Mm and um like power you know uh and um we want to i want to keep that going you know 
And Chris agreed. He loved it. You know, he was like, love the bull. I'm like, yeah, it represents strong like bull, you know, grab the bull by the yeah. horns type of thing. Um, like, we're going we're gonna to do this, you know, our way. And uh, so we kept it, kept it over. And I love it. It's just, it's staple now, <laughs> you know, go figure. But it is. <laughs> so your, your first generation um, cigar manufacturer, correct? Yeah. Yep. Proudly. Um, I've noticed that in this business, I don't want to say, but I, I've just noticed that some brands feel like they have to pull or find some stories or find dig for some history, yeah. like to make them feel more legitimate. Yeah. And Chris and I are like, you know what? That's not who we are. We're first generation. No one else in my family did this. Yeah. Same with him. We just have a passion for it, and we're proud to say that we're first generation cigar makers. Yeah. You know, um, there's some, there's someone because at one point, yeah. everyone was. Yeah, all those, all the people you that know, are seven generations deep point. started out at first generation. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm like, you know, we don't have to make up stories. <laughs> like we don't have to dig in our history. Uh, you know, our our grandparents or immigrants or whatever they did, yeah. farmer, you know, we don't have to do that to feel legitimate because we're doing it our way. And I, I actually, I'm, I feel honored to be a first generation because it's a challenge. And the plan is to be able to leave this for our kids if they want, yeah. it, you yeah. know, when they become of age, you know, so I'm all about it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're putting the cornerstone down for the futures to come. Yeah. I mean, in masonry, mm-hmm. the the cornerstone keystone that's the one that's the strongest one. That's the one that always goes down first, and you go and you build from there. Yep, hundred percent. And if you 100%. if you make a good cigar, so I you know in some ways, we we talked a couple episodes ago. We were talking about um, some of the marketing stuff, and mm-hmm. not to rehash all of that. But if you make a good cigar, I don't care if you've made that good cigar for. 15 generations or if you've made it you're you make it <laughs> brand new yeah. brand new if you make a good cigar and you're passionate right. about the same thing that i'm passionate about yeah. i'm passionate about you because a lot of 100%. the people that are making new cigars who are new to the industry are passionate about cigars in the same exact way that i am yeah. and i'm excited about them being new to the industry yeah because they care about this industry yeah. in the same exact way that i do and some people that and i'm not criticizing them who have made cigars for a long time they don't you know they're they're yeah. not but some of those people are passionate about the industry in the same exact way that i am so to me yeah it's all about being passionate about yeah. the thing that i like which is well-made very tasty, consistent cigars. And I mean, this is my first (laughs) Amadola cigar and it's spot on. Like it burns exceptionally well. The flavor's great. This is what I love about cigars. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, I mean, the, the fact is the fact that you're doing it as a first generation person is, I think is a, is a super cool story just as somebody who's doing it for the seventh generation yeah. and is continuing to do it at a high level. Exactly. It's just cool that you're doing yep. it at a, at a high level. Well, and, and you can like what kind of what you just said, you know, 15 generations or whatever, you know, sometimes it can rest on their laurels a little bit, get a little complacent as, Some oppo- as opposed Some to don't. somebody who's yeah. as opposed to somebody coming in new first generation, you got that fire burning, you know, like yeah. 
you know, I might be first now, but yeah, I'm not going to end fresh. first kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. And it, I agree with that. If, 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 if some of the newer people are the people that I'm fire, fired up about. Yeah. Because it is that new sort of um, fresh take on this. And I, I'm excited about it. I mean, one of the things I loved hearing you say, talking about how you adjust to one size in each each of the lines. And mm-hmm. those are the kind of smart. I, I used to own a cigar shop. So when somebody comes into oh, my okay. to shop and say, I have a new exciting brand mm-hmm. and I don't want to take up a ton of your shelf space. I hear a smart business plan on your side. Yeah. And I exactly. love, I love the idea. Thank you. Um, that's a great idea. And those are the kind of things that sh- shops are going to say, I'd love to take a chance on your cigar. It's a good cigar. And you're not taking up a ton of my shelf space. Like, a lot of listen. Yeah. Altadas is going to want to take up a lot of your shelf space. Yeah, they have the position to do that. And but and I'm not criticizing them because they're a big manufacturer and they have a lot of brands. But the great part about yeah. good young businesses mm-hmm. in this industry who make good cigars is getting yourself on those shelves. And the cannoli is one. Of, I like this cigar. Well, I mean, and we're expanding our humidor right now. I'm going now. to kick your ass for so, smoking the. Uh, so I'm and I can. I want. I hope to. I wish Steve was here since he's the one that does our ordering, but I need to see, oh, I yeah. need to see the cannolis on the shelf whenever we got our new humidor yeah, opened up. 100%. So, because this is, you guys got to finish that door. <laughs> the, the, and then we'll come down and then uh, Chris and I will come down. I'll, I'll roll cigars and we'll bring some cannolis. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> that's, that's all we need. So have you, what, what challenges have you come across? You know, you know, you're, you're, you're just starting out. You know, there was a worldwide pandemic and everything where that shut down factories in Nicaragua, Dominican, everywhere. So on top of that, and then yeah. you also, you're saying you're getting popular. You There's getting too big too fast is a negative. So you have to like it's find, a challenge. You, you have to find that, that, that great kind of like middle of the way, not, not stretching yourself out too thin. So what challenges did you come across and how did you, uh, you know, vault over them? Well, it's funny because 2020 was when the beginning of 2020 was when we, uh, moved factories, right. (laughs) Or the end of 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Like that month, like January, because you know, they take a break for the holidays. No one works. That January, we started working with Aganorsa, uh, yeah, La Zona, and um, that's when Chris, we just signed paperwork as to be partners. Like, we were, like, you know, throwing our money in. We have a business plan. Like, we're like, all right, now it's time. We got new factories. We got awesome blends. COVID happens. And we're like, shit. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> now what? Mm-hmm. So the good thing, I will say that was a blessing and a curse at the same time, because there was so much work to do that I feel like if that didn't, if we weren't forced to slow down, we wouldn't have done it right. Or we would have been rushed. And um, what that time allowed us to do was finalize our blends, like to what we really felt confident with. It also, and I got to give Chris props to this because he took a lot of time to redesign the bands and the, the labels and the, some of the marketing stuff. I mean, that takes time. You know, I don't have the patience to do it. I could see it and know what I like, don't like, but, yeah. you know, he, he, he could focus on detail. Like, we took that time to 
blend, repackage, redesign, build relationship with the factories. Um, we got a distribution deal around the same time. And yeah, it sucked because, you know, we weren't making any money. We weren't doing a whole lot of sales until a little bit later on. That's what I'm getting to though. Once all that was done, like COVID allowed us to slow down, regroup and just come out stronger almost. And then uh, we ended up having a great end of the year. We were doing a lot of it online. Uh, we started hitting up, uh, you know, some of the online retailers that wanted to bring us in and doing some big deals with them. So kind of, I lost my event business. I will say that. <laughs> and that's my bread, you know, the bread and butter usually. Yeah. Cause I do some months, I do 10, 12 events a month, yeah. whether it be wow. wedding, uh, you name it, golf, uh, cigar shops. I'm just out there rolling all the yeah. time. Um, so that went away, but it, it, like I said, it allowed us to refocus, regroup, redesign, repackage, reblend, make that what we wanted it to be very proud and happy for it. Um, the challenge, I mean, the other challenges that come as a new brand are just, you know, a lot of people can relate. A lot of brands can relate probably is, you know, shops not wanting to give you a chance because they feel like, all right, you're smaller. Maybe you're going to run out of product faster. Um, Maybe you're not, you know, uh, um, are the blends going to change or, you know, we had to switch factories once or twice a little bit before that. Um, so we had to build this credibility, you know, and shop owners and even consumers want to know that they're investing into a brand that is solid, you know. Um, so that's always been a challenge that a lot of young brands have. Um, and then the challenge of no one working in the factories. Yeah. You know, and it, it we ended up going through this little boom phase. A lot, a lot of the industry was yeah. just pumping out cigars online, um, mail. You know, did different stuff. But um, we're actually still playing catch up yeah. to that because you know, and being a small brand, sometimes we get put. I'll say we we get pushed to the side, but we're in we're in huge factors. Agonorsa, AJ, Eric, Lazona. There's a, a ton of brands that make cigars with them, right? Yeah. I mean, AJ alone is making cigars for Alpha, this general himself, who he sells probably millions, you know, millions of cigars a year. So we've also noticed that, all right, we're the big guys are going to get first priority. We're going to, ours are going to get done when it gets done. <laughs> you know? yeah. So it's one of those things you have to balance out. Like you were saying, you can't grow. You don't want to grow too quick because if you grow too quick, you run out of product. When's the next shipment coming? Yep. You know, you kind of have to balance it out. And uh, we always say that this is a, it's a marathon business. You know, it, it's not, it's not a quick turnaround. It's not a quick money business. It's long-term yeah. investment. If you love this business and you're passionate about it, you got to be in this for the long haul. So the best way to do that is slow and steady, yeah. you know? Hey, we, we have a base, we have a foundation, we got great cigars, great factory partners. Slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, get so that's kind of where we are. Yeah, get get your feet underneath now. you and then then just tr- trek yeah. along. So we, we live in the we live yeah. in a world where it's micro brews, it's mom and pop seems yeah. to be big. And a term that gets thrown around a lot in the cigar industry is boutique. Do you feel like that puts a ceiling 
at that with that terminology. And it's like, if you're labeled boutique, like you're always going to be labeled boutique or is that something that yeah. can be pushed through the ceiling onto the next level? I am personally not a fan of the term because I think it locks you in a box. Um, I like boutique things. Don't get me Mm -hmm. wrong. Um, And in a sense, people tend to classify us as that. I don't like it personally because I never got in this business to be boutique and boutique has the connotation of small batch, smaller. um, And I never got in this to be small. I mean, Hey, whatever comes out of it comes out of it. I had a, uh, I'm enjoying every second of it. But the brands that are big now were never considered boutique. Fuente, Padron, mm-hmm. you know, all those guys, all the general brand, Money Crystal. No one ever considered them boutique. Why are we? You know, um, I I also feel like it doesn't leave you. <laughs> like once you're labeled boutique, yeah, it doesn't leave you unless for some reason somehow you hit some crazy milestone that no one else has. But I still hear people calling, um, let's see, who, uh, uh, well, you just mentioned them earlier, Romacraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are they boutique still? I don't know. They no. probably sell yeah. a couple million cigars a year. Yeah. Illusione. Tatuaje. Um, Matt Booth. Tatuaje. Like, people could lump them in the boutique, but are they? Nah, yeah. I don't think so. You know, I don't feel like it ever leaves. And I've said it on interviews and said it in interviews. uh, I think it was quoted in the magazine. I'm just not a fan of the term. I I, I like the connotation. Like, I I like for what it stands for. But as far as me and a brand in this business, I don't like the label. I don't like label. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. But it limits. Because I don't want to be stuck in a box. Yeah. Yeah, you know, what were we saying, Mark? It limits you. I understand that, but it implies a quality yeah. that um, there's there is a positive connotation to it that implies. See, I I think so, but I feel like some people don't. Yep. And I've gotten some negative feedback to that because I agree with you 100. percent Boutique. I do think boutique means or has some implied connotation that there's a little more care. Yep. Um. You know, we're, we're taking a little more time with the tobacco and the blends. It's not being rushed. Yep. Yeah, 100%. 100% agree with that. But we've also got negative feedback from retailers and even some consumers that they, they don't get it. Yeah. You know? Yep. <clears throat> and so that's why I'm like, I don't even, I don't, I mean, I like it and for what it stands for. But once you have that. Yeah. W- that w- once it, on yeah. You, once that name is over your head. Like what kind of what you just said, you know, some consumers, there's consumers that won't want to try it because they think it's too small. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the same thing where people will pass over the brick house because of the price. People think because it's a lower price cigar, it's not good. Same thing. It's yeah. And and they, and they couldn't be, they're they're pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a solid I mean, rank, I mean, hell, it's it's a solid. Yeah, by it's by J.C. Newman. It's Fuente. Like the Maduros it's, are great. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's a good one. Well, it also implies some of the supply chain stuff that mm-hmm. you talk about the consistency, um, boutique. Right. A lot of that also implies some of those negative things that you talked about in the trust 
um, which is the consistency yeah. that comes out of that. And there's definitely those implications in there as well. I know some of the other small, smaller manufacturers who just don't have the, the heft of the Monte Cristo line. Um, I think of stolen throne, for example, who have intentionally kept themselves small oh, yeah. to, to ensure some of that consistency. And a lot yeah. like when you talked about going slow, just to make sure things were right. Yeah. Um, being, being yeah. forced into that. And for, yeah. And for me, there's nothing wrong. Like I know a lot of my friends in the industry that have their own brands have, they have a business plan. Their plan is to, uh, whether it stay small or hit a certain, you know, goal. And, and that's what they want. And that's great. Like, love it. All power, you know, yep. fantastic. Yeah, that works for them. I, I wish you all the best. Yeah. Works for them. I, I and, it, you know, uh, I kind of, I want to be known as a legacy brand. Right. So if we take on a boutique connotation, it limits us from really, I feel like becoming what our potential could be, which is a legacy brand that you'll see on the shelf still in 20 years, you yeah. know, or in 30 years yeah. or whatever. It's the, yeah. It's just that vision. You know, you got to put it out in the universe. That's how I roll, put it out there. Yeah. And yep. that's how, that's how it has to be. And you even said like the people who you're working with, you know, AJ Fernandez, uh, Espinosa, mm-hmm. Agnorsa, like those aren't boutique. Those what? are those are AJ Fernandez. No, they're, they're those are heavy hitters, yeah. yeah. But AJ Fernandez, fifteen years ago, factors. twenty years ago, I mean those those guys, you know, were smaller. I know AJ started mm-hmm. with you know under, but um, I mean to think about Tatawahe and Roma Craft now, and you still will have people say they're boutique, mm-hmm. and to think about the millions of cigars that both of them. <laughs> sell yeah, yeah. to you and I yeah. alone um, is, 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 is right. It is somewhat like, ridiculous. Yeah. The, the cigar I rolled yeah. at Martinez, that's a boutique cigar. It's right. one of one. It will never be smoked. <laughs> right. That's, and that, that's did, the that cigar boutique. did not imply quality. <laughs> no, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> it implied, I do not right. know what the fuck I'm doing. Right. That's what it implied. Right. Uh, that's so well, I, and the funny part I is, mean, it's a, it's a, it's a t- The funny part is a lot of those big big manufacturers right now are trying to get into the small batch world um, because they want to sort of capture some of that small batch. It's kind of like Budweiser, like they're buying up smaller breweries because they want to to encapsulate what... They want to capture a little of that small batch magic Mm -hmm. Um, because, uh, you know, we all want something new Mm -hmm. and we want something different or something we haven't tried before. Um, And so uh, that's a little of that magic of something new. Um, But I I certainly get not wanting to be limited. It's like what you said a couple weeks ago. You can sell the first box, first two boxes easy. It's box three through 20 that... You know, right. Well, it, well, and 20 years from now, you're not going to be selling boxes 20 years from now unless you produce a high quality, consistent product. Yeah. Exactly. And let me tell you, the cannoli. And so that's primo. This is nice. Yeah. yeah. But, so like our, our kind of viewpoint on that is our core line is made at Agonorsa. Our, our vision with that line was, and the cannolis are staple. Yep. Like. We don't want to change it. That's just our, 
meat and potato type of thing. That's what we want people to go to. They like it now. You're going to like it in 10 years. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just, yep. and then we'll, we have like the stuff we do with AJ. That's kind of, and really it's not by design. It's just the fact that we can't get it fast enough. Right. They might be one year releases, you know, yep. very small batch. And that's fine. You know, when they come in, whoever gets them, gets them. And if you don't, you got to wait. Yeah. And that's cool too. No problem. You know? So I, I just took my band off. This and, is a sexy band. And it, and it has honor on the backside. So what does that mean to you? Yeah. So our um, motto is honor, respect, loyalty. And uh, that goes in part with uh, the name, Amendola's family. Um, in our culture, those are three things that are instilled in many Italian households, I don't say all of them, but many Italian, proud Italian, American households, especially honor, respect. If you want to get anywhere in life, mm-hmm. you have to have honor, you have to respect, and you have to be loyal um, to your family, your friends, people you do business with, whoever. And I want to carry that into the brand. So um, it's all in Italian, actually. On the side, it says... Uh, well, it says Fatto Mano in Italian. On the band, uh, on one side it says Respetto, which is respect. Lealta is loyalty. And Honore on the inside is honor. So I didn't didn't know that you knew the I Italian Chris word. Surprised with that, <laughs> I'm yeah. like looking at so it going. I, so I saw Mark over here. He's looking at the back. He's like, that doesn't say honor. But yes, I didn't, I didn't say it, it was yeah. in Italian. Right. Yes, yeah, so I don't is, speak Italian. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Or I don't read Italian more correctly. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm shocking you with a little bit of everything. I know. Right? I know. Apparently, Aaron speaks Italian. He does. He doesn't speak English, which is the ironic part. For or some, Spanish. For somebody that wanted to be, uh, yeah. for somebody that wanted to be an English lit teacher, I'm, I'm pretty bad at the, uh, the, the English, <laughs> the English uh, true. words. You are bad at the English words. You should be an Italian. Lit yeah, you should. Naturally. I, I mean, us Irish, we talk with our hands too. I mean, it's, and we, we like food. I mean, it's. Yeah. I got two of the subjects down, right? Yep. Yep. As much as there's always like Italian Irish uh, uh, rivalry uh-huh. up north, we get along great. Hey, you like, a, a big you know there's I mean? always it's, family meal is always Sunday. I mean, it's that's how that's, that's it. how it is. It's yeah. the same type of stuff, you know. Very passionate people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it works. Yes, it works. Yeah. Maybe that's why we they butt heads. All the time. <laughs> All right, all right. So I got to, I, I got to get, I got to get a ranking now, or you have to place them. I got to get the, your movie rankings. Okay, we just lost a great one a couple oh. weeks ago with uh, with Ray. Yeah. So Goodfellas, Godfather, Rest in Peace, A Bronx Tale. Where they rank? Uh, Bronx Tale. Ooh, uh, no. Uh, man, that, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Those are my top three. How would they rank? Uh, you know what, though? All right, my all-time favorite is really a Bronx Tale. But if I had to rank it on, like, overall, I would say Godfather for the nostalgia. Bronx Tale, because that hits closer to home for me and then good fellas 
But all three, those are my, those are like my top three. <laughs> you were struggling with that question, man. Oh, that was tough, man. That was a tough one. Those are like, the, those are the ones I want to watch on repeat all the time. <laughs> I actually just got done watching Godfather 1 and 2 this, uh, last week. Uh, have you have you seen yeah. the uh, the the movie? I think HBO did it a couple of years ago, where they combined one and two into one six hour movie, but they they cut it up chronologically. No, actually, that popped up on my thing. Yeah, it's no. it's worth it because it start it starts off in like the in the middle that. of two, and then just cuts back and forth throughout the whole thing. It's oh, that's awesome. Oh, no, have you seen? Or heard about the show called The Office. Yes, about the making of Godfather. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, you, if you haven't seen it, that's the shit. It is. looks good. That's awesome. yeah. It's it's you it's on my it. list of things to watch because I I love the. Oh yeah. I mean, that's... Mario Puzo. I love his books. I've read other other books of his, and then you know you know yeah. going into it, Coppola thought this was going to be a flop. It was just not. It wasn't. Everyone it wasn't. Did. Yeah, Everyone it wasn't going to work. I mean, is, I mean, just by whatever means behind it. But like the book, I love yeah. the book because the book kind of fought, the book is a combination of one and two, and it just goes. Yeah, the book. Yeah, it goes back and forth. Yeah, it's I. The, so I, I when I and then they, no, go ahead. They play on the whole um, in the show. They play on the whole how the mob was involved mm-hmm. in the making of the movie. Which I knew, I knew that was there, but I didn't know how uh, intense or serious it was. But like the Colombo fam, the Colombo Joe Colombo, he was the acting book. He made them take out the word mafia from the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's that like, word's not. Otherwise, yeah, that, not that word that York. word's not said one time in the movie. Hmm. Nope. And not a lot of people know that. that. No, no. I knew some little, but some stuff I didn't know. So watching the show, I'm like, wow, eye opener. Like, this is intense. This is so <laughs> very interesting. Show. You get, yeah. Why do yourself a favor? Well, and, well, oh. and even uh, I forget, I forget the, uh, uh, I forget the character's name off the top of my head. Um, but he's the one that um, his bulletproof vest that had the fish wrapped in it. So he was that was actually like. Oh, Luca! Yeah, Brasi. Luca Brasi. That was actually he was an actual like mem- he was a yeah, member. He was a, he was a member. Family. He was there for protection, and they were like, "We can't get yep. anybody to play this role. Let's just throw him in this role because that's what he plays." Yeah, because mm. the other guy died. He had like a heart yeah. attack or something. Yep. So, yeah, they have that. They actually put that in the show. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's a it's, it's fun. Yeah, he was a real yeah. he was a real guy. Mm-hmm. So the interesting part of of The Godfather is the only the only movie of that type that I've ever seen is Casino. Mm-hmm. I've never seen The Godfather. Well, whoa, 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 wait. It this is, my, is new. It is my news to me. Hold It is my favorite. Is what? my best friend Joe from um, from Illinois' favorite movie. As a matter of fact, it's a ringtone on his phone. Um, I can and, hear the horns or the yeah. And he, I've never, I'm not a movie guy at all. You know that. Um, And I've never seen The Godfather. Now, I've seen Casino a couple times. Um, Well, Mark, there's some movies in life you have to watch. Okay, we're, have you seen number two? I've not seen any of The Godfather movies. 
I've watched a little of The Who's Sopranos, a little, <sighs> like maybe two or three episodes. I binge watch that every year. I'm, I'm just not. I'm not. Um, I'm not a. I'm not a. I'm not a huge TV or movie guy. I've been forced to watch since I've been doing the IV antibiotics. A uh, little Korean uh, soap opera stuff because Paul has been watching it while I've been in there. But I do not watch TV or movies. Okay, we've okay. And westerns while I've been in there. He watches I, Korean <laughs> TV and he's never watched The Godfather. Paula controls my tele. My oh. wife controls the television, we, and I have to sit in the living room. But I listen with my headphone. I have my headphones on, listening to like soothing music, so that I don't have to actually listen. I am so disappointed right now. You do not understand. Okay, we're going to sit up here one night, no. take six hours out of our life, Please and do. watch both of them back to back. We're gonna get more cigars. We're gonna get more cannolis, and and yep. watch. Eat some spaghetti. I mean, all get some wine. All of them. Yeah, get some. Yeah. Oh, do it right. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna do this right. See, so you know, uh, James Gandolfini. He died what? A couple years ago. Yeah, five six years ago. So to me, yeah. in my head, this is how James Gandolfini died. Like he died in a hot tub. With a cigar in one hand, a cannoli in the other, and his arms wrapped around a woman, like on either on each arm. Yep. That's how he died in my head. That's how he okay. needed to go out. Okay, I I, I know I know who he is because I watched a couple <sighs> episodes of Sopranos, but I'm just not a television or movie guy. I'm a music guy. But the, the, I mean, this is ar- It's arguably yeah, music yeah the music movies. in it, the score in it is amazing. But this is like the movie that defined a genre. This is what started a genre. Well, maybe not started, but it defined a genre yeah. by far. I mean, there's so many terminologies in it that people oh. use. Every, you know, go to the mattresses. Leave, leave the yeah. gun, take the cannoli. Leave the gun, take the gun. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny? And this is a great thing that happened in my life. Um, my son, his name is Rocco after my great-grandfather, he was, my, my ex-wife went into labor on Thanksgiving night, right? So every Thanksgiving, they play the trilogy, mm-hmm. The Godfather. Yeah. Typically, every, every Thanksgiving, they have them on all day long, all night. Well, I'm sitting in the room watching Godfather. <laughs> She's in labor. And... Uh, it's Godfather 2. It's when they're going back to Italy, back and forth, you know. And the, the song is playing, Parla Piu Piano. And the, the nurse grabs me, hey, your son's being born. I'm like, no. <laughs> so I, mean, I was in the same room, but the music is playing while he's being born. Oh, uh, yeah. I was like, this is, this is like the ultimate <laughs> thing. I left it on. I didn't turn it off. I left it on. <laughs> Literally, I helped deliver to my son. I cut the cord. I'm holding him. The the mute, the Godfather theme song is playing in the background. I'm like, this is fantastic. <laughs> this is awesome. My son was born to Godfather too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, we and his name is we, we got to get you watching those. <laughs> he was he was pulling a Fredo. Yeah. Like you don't even like like that terminology. You know what that is? No, man, it's like. Banging two waitresses at the same time. That's pulling a Fredo. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Pulp culture in this movie is amazing. The list can go oh, on. Oh, yeah. So many. So many. Ugh. Yeah. It's all right. 
How, how's that? Uh, how's that Sumatra was, over there? It was awesome, uh, and I'm done because it was burning my fingers, um, which is a sign of uh, <laughs> of me how much I like that. It had um, it had a it had a lot of what I like on Sumatra. It mm-hmm. was it was it had beautiful spice to it. Um, it was nice mm-hmm. and a, a lot of flavor to it, but not overpowering. Um, it was really really good. Once again, size perfect. Yeah. So the Got oh, a yeah. lot of the love wrapper uh, that I love with the Sumatra, but the flavor was uh, good and balanced. I really liked the Sumatra. Still pissed that <laughs> I <laughs> the San Andreas is my is yeah. in my hand. Yes, because uh, that cigar looked beautiful. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, the San Andreas hit perfectly. Again, every cigar should come in Corona or Lonsdale size. Yes, just if you want that flavor. I love it. I Perfect mean, size. I mean, everybody knows I'm a Lancero ho. I you love are. Lanceros because that wrapper stands alone. You might have to fight a Lancero, but it's well yeah. worth it just to get that flavor that comes out of it. But Corona, Lonsdale, yeah. those two sizes, because that's because most of the times when that's what they're going to ro- blend in those sizes to get yeah. them. So the so the true that's how you that's how yeah. So the truest yeah. form of cigar of what it's supposed to taste like is going to be in Corona Lonsdale size. Yeah, it's and not not a lot yep. of people know that, but that's how it should. That's be. what you always hear. But I also know that that's the size that you get. I think the truest representation of all three components of the, yeah. the cigar. Yeah, of the and that's that's why that's why I think someone told me that. Um, the first cigars made. Do you know where the first cigar was made? Actually, um, like the cigar as we know it now. Do you know where it was originally made? So I want to say like Egypt. No, it was in my CRT book, which are, I, I don't remember. I would go somewhere in the Middle East, but I'm uh, Spain. 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 Okay. Spain made the first cigar as we know it today. How you know the shapes, the the, the cleanness, the mm-hmm. how it looks nice, presentable. But I, I heard that, and this is just being around cigar makers and a lot of the Cubans, and they say the first size that they started really making was Corona, because of the like um, I think Mark was saying the components. Yeah, you just tasted everything yep. the way it should be tasted. That was the original size, or even maybe a little shorter, but yep. yeah, 40, 42 range. Yeah, it just, it all balances out, right? It's my problem with big cigars, yeah. is you get yeah. too much of, of, of some parts uh, I agree. and not enough of others. And I've, and never, I've never not had a big cigar that, did, that, that it's didn't from bust. Spain, yeah. because David Gaze uh, Gay is from there, <laughs> right? And he's the, you know, the best goaltender for Manchester United. Please. The whole team is hot garbage. So uh, I have I have other cigars yeah. that, that are in my hand. Um, they are. Can you talk about the ones that are that you aren't, can talk aren't about banded, or is that uh, still on the hush? Yeah, yeah. No, I want to talk okay. about. It. Why not? No. So let, not? so let's start with the uh, let's start with the uh, torpedo that I have. All right. So so that torpedo, I'm really excited about. So the backstory. I didn't tell you this. Um, the backstory to that cigar was we got asked by, you know, smoking cigars mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in Florida. Yeah. They have a, they have a cigar of the month club, but they also have a, uh, shit. What's it called? 
concierge? No. Wow. I forgot the name. What's it called? Um, anyway, they have a, aside from the Cigar of the Month Club, they have like a limited subscription where only 600 people subscribe to. And um, it's called something with a C, and I'm just, I don't know why, but I'm drawing a blank. Um, anyway, every month, Abe from Smoking will ask a manufacturer to make a cigar for their that club. 600 cigars. It has to be a blend and a size that we've never made before. Oh, cool. So we got asked to do that for January of this year. And we were going to do it at Aganorsa. Um, just a, a brand new blend, new size, whatever. But they were so backed up. Um, just our regular production was on hold. So we're like, let's not do it there. My first thought was let's go back home and do it with Martinez. <laughs> so Chris and I went up to New York city, hung out with Jesus and all the guys at Martinez blended this cigar. It's a, uh, San Andre wrapper. Um, it actually has a, a Sumatra binder. And um, all Nicaraguan filler, a little Dominican in there, but mostly Nicaraguan filler. And that was our, our uh, we gave that to the club down at Smoke Inn for the month of January or February. And um, it got rated. What they do is it, it's a blind tasting. No one knows who it came from. No one knows the blend. No one knows where it was made. But all 600 people rate it and judge it. And there's like one review guy that, that does like a top uh, you know, he'll do like the top yeah. five or whatever. And we got rated, we were like second or number one with protocol that month okay. off by a few points. And we got a ton of great feedback. And, um, we, we ended up working out, we're working out a partnership deal with Martinez right now where we're going to start making cigars with them and, and, and not just as a factory, but as like full on partnership, you know, nice. we're like that cigar is going to be made all the time. And uh, we're getting ready. We're finalizing the marketing on it, but we're getting ready to hopefully release it sometime in the summer. And so no one's had that other than that club, 600 people. But, yeah, it's not on the market yet, and uh, that's something I'm really proud about. That's a really good uh, – you know, I love, obviously, San Andre rapper. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and and Mark and I, we've said it numerous times how we've had Dave – on numerous times we love martinez yeah, we love yeah, yeah, we love martinez i mean strong <laughs> family it's a, it's a cigar that oh, yeah. needs to be more well known in the us especially for being around 47 years I now i think at this point i mean it's so i'm i'm yep. definitely excited yep. about that but just to, you know having the two names amandola and martinez just two names in the cigar industry that not enough people know about coming together to make a cigar yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad I have that in my bag. I'm I'm very I'm going excited. to smoke the hell out oh, of yeah. it. So. so we're not splitting that one down the middle. We're not we're not gonna lady and tramp that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see how you are, bitch. And um, then <laughs> So then what what's the uh, what's the other one? I have a Robusto as well that's unbanded. Yeah, so the other one is actually something I roll I rolled that cigar myself. Um that's something I only do at events. Event only. So it's not on the market, never Probably never will be as of right now. Um, the only time anyone gets those is if they were at an event and I was rolling. So I think Kevin got that when I was at rolling cigars at um, Barclay Reps yeah. in Manhattan. 
couple weeks ago. I, I will say this one looks better than the one I rolled. So, <laughs> <laughs> congratulations, Jeff! You uh, you've obtained yeah, you. cult status of being able to roll better than Aaron. <laughs> you, 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 yeah, I finally found my achievement. In Woo! <laughs> so, <laughs> as we're as we're wrapping up here, um, Martinez and and Amendola, that that is a that's a it's yeah. a. It's a pretty good partnership right there. Jesus is uh I, I can he's t- a pretty special man to work with. I can tell you what cigar I'm gonna be smoking oh, yeah. while I'm editing the show. Yeah, so I'm gonna be smoking that one. Oh yeah. There might be a fist fight after this <laughs> one is done. <laughs> so And you know, you know, with Martinez, it, this isn't a one and done deal. Like we're yeah, we're gearing up to Good do a whole line, maybe more with them Excellent. in the future. I I think it's time. I think they have the right everything for us yeah. as collaboration. I, I, it just makes sense. And they kind of know our struggles, too, with always battling production or uh, fighting to get, you know, um, what we need on time. I, I think with them, it's so much more personal because we're like family already. Yeah, right. you know, we already have that relationship. We, I don't have to go to Nicaragua and spend time with the blenders there and I could hang out with Martin with Jesus and Dave and we're making a cigar. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's we're testing tobaccos right there and yeah. um it gives me a chance to sit with Jesus more as you know him being the master blender and um I yeah it's not a one and one and done deal. This is gonna be we're gonna do a lot with them and I'm very, very excited about that. Awesome. That's great news. I mean they're I mean Jesus, they're all salt of the earth up there. Yeah. So I can't I can't oh, yeah. wait to go up there and actually step foot into the shop. So, you think they'll let you in New York? Oh, dude, it's a, it's an experience, bro. It's a hole in the uh-huh. wall spot. When I go there, I never leave. I, like I never leave. <laughs> it's like I'm with family, and um, we're drinking coffee, and then someone brings a bottle of scotch, and then there's wine, and then someone's getting food, or we got pizzas, and we're sitting there rolling cigars. You know, we're oh, it's. You got, if you go, you got to plan to stay there. <laughs> Before you know, Kevin. Because you don't, you don't, you don't want to leave. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to leave. Yeah. It's like they take, they treat you like family. You it's know? yeah. It's, it's like Olive Garden. When amazing you hear your family. experience. Yeah. Before you know, Kevin's <laughs> using the bathroom. Yeah. A little more, a little more authentic. Yeah. Yeah. A little more authentic. A little more. A little more authentic. So, yeah. so you know, as as we're wrapping up here. I got a, I guess a couple more questions on the business side. You know, you don't like the terminology yeah. using of boutique, but since you are on, on no. a smaller brand, um, do you feel like yeah. uh, CRA and PCA looks out for the little guys or are they more focused on the big guys? And if they don't, what's something that they could do better to help people like you, like Martinez, like the other smaller manufacturers out there? Yeah, um, good question. I think, you know, we did PCA for the first time uh, last July, had a great experience. Um, we actually went, our our dis- distribution is handled by Illusione Cigars. Nice. So we got to share a booth with them at the show, and it was, I mean, we, it was a phenomenal experience. Um, I, I think, do they look out in a sense? Yes. And no, I, 
Yes, in the fact that they will give you a platform mm. if you want it. Yes, it, it's cost money. It's a little bit of an investment. Everyone, you know, that's just part of the game. Yeah. Um, what uh, CRA, yes. You know, I think they do a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff for brands across the board. A lot of times people don't see, but I do think they have value. Um, I think the only thing I would like to see more, maybe more from the uh, platforms like the PCA, is to give smaller brands more of a voice or being able to showcase more uh, on the up-and-coming brands that are out there. Um, Yep. I mean, when you're at the show, you know, you're in front of a lot of people. You're in front of retailers, uh, you name it. I mean, you're in front of media, and, and that's great if they want to talk to you, you know. Um, we did really well with that. We, we, we did, like, almost 10 interviews that week, um, different media platforms. Um, but I almost – I feel like I, it would be nice eventually to see, like, the PCA even spotlight, you know, the new. Who's new? Yeah. Like, who's coming up? You know, I think that'd be cool to see. I've never seen that. I think that would be cool. And I think that would give brands like us a little more credibility and uh, a little more platform because as a small brand, you know, we, we don't really have budgets for this stuff, right? Maybe some do, but it's kind of like, all right, uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to drop 10 grand, 20 grand to go to a show um, where the big brands will take over they'll have a whole area yeah. of a DJ. They'll have food, you know, they'll do the, where they get a lot of the shine. Um, yeah, it would be nice to see maybe some sort of platform or showcase for a smaller upcoming brand. You know, that's the only thing I could say I would like to see. And I think it would benefit them to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Have you been to a TPE? Yeah, I did. Actually, I, I did the TPE this okay. year. Yeah. And I, was, I had a good experience with that, so real good. Nice. Two yeah. trips to Vegas. Yeah, you can't, can't go wrong with that. Yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> Man, I wasn't ready, though. The first one? <laughs> yeah. Chris, I was, me and Chris were, you know, it's, uh, it's it's it was a three-hour time difference for us. Yeah. It was nonstop. I mean, you're at the, you're talking all day. Then you're at the bar. Yeah. And in our minds, it's like 11 o'clock. It's really like 2 and 3 in the morning. You know, I mean, uh, it's a party. It's. It, I was not ready for that. It took me two weeks to recover. Yeah, you just got a boot and rally, you know. So it's just, it's, <laughs> There's only so many times. Wild, man. So many times you can boot and rally. There's only so many times. <laughs> it was wild. Yep. Uh, well, Jeff, I appreciate well, you uh, uh, coming on here and and you know talking about your brand, your your story, the honor, the legacy that is Amadola family cigar um you know it's 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 awesome to see um what the future of this culture holds you know it's uh you know there's the the big flagship companies are out there but there's all there's always people behind them and you know we're lucky enough you know mark and i and steve and you know and weston cigars you know we're able able to have you know, be the, be the voice and a platform for the smaller companies yep. to, to get out there sure. even more. Um, I love uh, these growing companies, mm-hmm. the companies that are coming up and doing great work. And so we're always excited 
Um, and this cigar was amazing. So I'm excited to Thank try, you. uh, try again, uh, with the San Andreas. And so, uh, I'm going to knock Aaron down. <laughs> Aaron and I are going to take a, a mad dash. Over. I, I do have another one. I forget. I forgot about this one. The uh, Padron or what it was the purple one. Oh, Padrino. Padrino. Okay. I, oh, that's a that's fire. Oh, I see. I can't give you that one either. I'm sorry. That's a game changer. You are such a team player, Aaron. <laughs> such a team player. Um, but just uh, send me your address. Just, uh, the Sumatra was great, um, and I, I, I was really uh, awesome to smoke that. Um, and I'm excited about the newer manufacturers who are doing it the right way, like you are. Yeah. Um, so um, we're yeah. not going to use the word, but we are going to talk about first generation <laughs> cigar manufacturers who are doing it the right way. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited to see about how you become uh, big and we'll talk about, we knew you when, and with, uh, (laughs) because, um, because, uh, I I think you're going to, you're going to grow. I I think you've, you, when you continue to make cigars like this, um, people are going to, are going to, you know, really enjoy smoking these cigars. Well, good, man. I appreciate that. And, um, I want to thank you guys too, for the platform. And allowing, you know, allowing me to tell my story and um, always appreciate that because we need people like you. So definitely are honored to be here. And, uh, you know, Aaron, you were saying, too, about, you know, there are, you know, the the big brands are there. You know, um, some got bought out, you know, under, you know, the, under big names like General Altidus. And, you know, they're great. I don't, not knocking them. Eventually... Um, I don't want to say they'll fizzle out, but they're going to lose some of their authenticity of what they once were. And I feel like that's a time for the new blood, the first generation guys like us and a lot of other brands out there that are doing it. It's our time now to kind of set the stage and set the platform for the next 20, 30 years. You know what I mean? As like the next generation. Um, And that's how I kind of see it happening. And I, I, I I want to be a part of that. Amen. You know, Awesome. Oh, we hope to we hope to see that happen as well. And you know, it's just like us. I mean, we're we're a small podcast platform. You know, it's you know for yeah. for every every person that listens to us for an hour and a half half every week. You know, I I, I appreciate that. It's a, it's a it's a challenge. There's days where you don't want to do it, and just like any anything else. Sure. So, yeah. But uh, yeah. but having but having shows like this. It's a it's a fresh breath where it's just not three of us bullshitting for an hour and a half. We actually I love this. actually bring in good content <laughs> yeah. and smoke yeah. some amazing fucking cigars. Yeah. Yeah. That's all that that's all I wanted to do when when we started this show. Yeah. So well, it's a chance to find new cigars. Oh yeah. yeah, definitely. So if you're if you have a home shop, make sure to check out Amadola the cannoli if you have it. If you don't, ask about it because this yeah. is definitely one that I can see in many a shops so yep get, get it somehow like yep. thank you again for C- cigar den up in new york yeah thanks kevin for getting these to me right so he's again he's uh he's the heart blood of this episode because he's, he is. he's able to help us out yes yeah we love kevin <laughs> yep so yeah shout out to kevin yeah thank you cigar den we love cigar yep. den yep all right, Jeff. Thanks so much for uh, for coming on, and uh, you know, best yes. of luck to you, and and hopefully, uh, we'll see you at uh, PCA 
uh, one year, and hopefully we'll see both you and Chris here to do to do an event maybe and do a rolling event. Yep. Let's do it. So, It'll be great. Sounds awesome. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you. All about that. All right, Mark, you good? I'm good. Let's let's wrap it up. Okay. All right. We will uh <laughs> we'll talk to you. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk to everybody next week. Be good. Later.